Welcome to Voices of Baltimore. My name is Zion Chambers, and I am a strength ambassador here at Mission Fit. We're creating a platform for discussion for the youth, by the youth, to tell our stories. We are people from Baltimore. We understand Baltimore. Everyone hears the ugly, but here we're going to dive into the truth, raw and uncut, to talk about it all, Baltimore in its entirety, and strengthen, uplift, and unite the voices of our community. We hope you join the discussion. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Voices of Baltimore podcast. I'm Thelma, and I'm here with Zion, Abby Solo, Mr. West, and Everett. Today, we'll be talking about American schools in general, not necessarily just Baltimore schools, whether that be private or public. And I'm going to hand it over to Mr. West. Thank you, Thelma, for that intro. And just going to kick it off here as we have this discussion about our experiences in schools with a question about why we're having this discussion. Because when we had a discussion about the topics that we wanted to cover in this podcast, experiences in schools was something that we all agreed was important to talk about. So Abby Sola, why was this so important to have this conversation about your experience in schools? Um, so I think it's important to have this conversation about schools because like everyone goes to school, right? Everyone, for the most part, everyone goes to school, has the opportunity to go to school in America and whether it be private, public, charter. And the thing is that it's such a common thing, but there's a lot of disparities throughout it. And whether it be like, you know, the lack of quality education or whether it be um, what type of lunch you're getting in school or um, whether you feel safe in school or not. Um, so like just to bring awareness to like something that's just so common is was important. Got it. All right. So I'll move on to next question, which is really broad which is just to ask, where did you go to school? Like what settings did you go to schools? And what was your experience? Very generally. And Everett, would you like to kick it off? Well, I come from the inner city schools, um, Baltimore Public City Schools. And um, my experience there, you know, not having a lot of water that's supposed to be in schools a lot of times, like during the summer or having broken ACs uh, that's not working during the hot during the summertime. Um, I experienced uh, a lot of um, alarm systems going off, stuff like that. Thanks, Everett. What about someone else? What was your experience in school? Um, for me personally, I was uh, very fortunate to have a variety of uh, different experiences and different types of schools around the city. Um, that being, I went to public schools, I went to charter school, and I also went to private school. Um, I think that my experience in the public school definitely differed from my experience at the private school, just because the private school had a lot more structure. Um, it had a lot more like 
stability as as far as like how things were um how things were timed and the way in which we presented ourselves as students in the in school um compared to my experiences at public schools where they were a lot more you know I would consider freestyle like every day was something different every day was um it was just like we were just there and we were just going through the motions um so it, it doesn't necessarily mean that my experience at the public school was any worse. Um, I just feel like it was less structured and less stable um, than my experience at the private schools. But I can definitely say that my experience was um, pretty average as, you know, as um, any other person's experiences in the inner city of Baltimore. But um, me being an athlete and me having the passions in different uh, careers in which I have the passions in, definitely made my experience a lot different um, because I wasn't able to play football at a, at a moment because a lot of the schools that I went to didn't have any football programs. Um, some of the schools I went to did not have any weight rooms and other resources to help me, like, you know, accomplish my goals. Um, some of the schools didn't have a lot of, you know, tech uh, technology that would help us with uh, learning in the classroom. And even some of the schools had deficiency in um, teacher, um, you know, stability and, you know, being able to have teachers in the classroom all the time. Some of the schools didn't have that. So, you know. Got it. Thanks, Ayn. Thelma, did you have anything you want to share? Because I know you went to a, call it less traditional school in Baltimore and elsewhere. Um, I also had the privilege of um, being able to attend many types of schools as well as school outside of America. But I am currently attending an early college in Baltimore where I am able to get my associate's degree in two years and you know save a little money on college. Um, my experience is it's a typical public Baltimore public school with the same old problems of, you know, safety, um, food and water and things like that. Um, it, it was a great experience in the sense that I was able to, you know, save money on college, but it also wasn't a great experience because of, you know, the typical disparities that happen in public slash inner city schools across America. Right. So it sounds like there's generally a common theme amongst you guys of school missing some of the basics. Abby Solon, yeah. do you want to add something? Um yeah. Um I think like my school was um like my schooling in general was pretty okay. Um like right now I'm in Baltimore and I go to a, a school that predominantly focuses on STEM. Like that's pretty much like what we focus on. And because of that, we kind of like don't take that much interest in like the arts or other types of um education. And then also like Thelma said, like, you know, the food and the safety and, um, and even just like the quality of like the school building and stuff like that. 
and like right now I'm in high school and then I remember when I was in eighth grade and I was looking for high schools to go to I applied to um to some private schools um to some private schools and but I ended up getting in but I couldn't go because the tuition was like freaking crazy it's like kind of like college tuition now and the like the quality of education there and then like the student to faculty ratio like teachers cared more about their well I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say like there was more chances for the students to learn and there was more classes more opportunities more like networking opportunities and stuff like that um like it pretty much set them up better and prepared them better for you know whatever their next step would be and um like even now like at school I think what what was it um like a few days ago we had um like there was a mouse in class like why am I trying to learn in a space that have mice and cockroaches? Like, I, like, just me personally, that just, like, that doesn't sit right with me. It's just gross. Like, it's terrible. And the fact that we have to learn in that space and in that environment is awful. You bring up amazing points. Um, there's a larger systemic issue here, right? Which is not that private school teachers care more about their students, but they have fewer students. So it's, they're able to give that attention to their students, right? Did, and I, we'll come back to the, the, the mouse and we'll come back to, to STEM, but what was uh, other people's experience with that and your relationship with your teachers and their ability to give the appropriate amount of attention to their students. Listen, we have flying cockroaches in our elementary middle school. <laughs> you said flying cockroaches? Yeah, flying cockroaches. Like big cockroaches that's flying around the school. So like teachers, I mean, I don't really be too mad at them because they're not that's not their job to you know, deal with that. Have you saw? I feel like the teachers at my school, they do the best they can. Um, and um, like they try to get to every student, but at the end of the day, because of, you know, having like large class sizes, like that's kind of impossible. Um, and I feel like with having like smaller class sizes, that would like and enhance the students learning but then I also understand that like you know there's um like there's kind of like a, a short of shortage of teachers because like in my school right now like we have like a few vacancies so that means that there's just a sub there the whole time and I think like for one class I think it's like either like intro to calc or something so like the whole time they're just on Khan Academy like learning from there like if you even call that learning for real, because you don't have like an actual person, an actual teacher teaching you stuff. So I feel like that just goes to show um, the disparities of it. And I do see like both sides is because like for at least public tools, maybe there's not enough teachers or teachers don't want to teach there anymore because they, you know, maybe they're not getting paid as much as they would at private schools. I don't really know the numbers. So, but that's just what I think. 
Right. Someone, did you want to add? Um. Yeah. Um. Another thing is, uh, she as she mentioned, um, class sizes and not there being a lot of teachers. Um, in my school particularly, we're still missing like multiple teachers. Like they're still trying to find a Spanish teacher, another elective, um, to the point where they have to keep teachers who shouldn't be teaching there. For example, my seminar teacher, um, he's really terrible. I'm not gonna lie, he's a really bad professor and he purposely makes class hard to a point where usually straight A students have an F in his class. Like majority, 90% of the class has an F in his class. And instead of helping them, he gaslights them and makes even harder work. And most of the time, most of the time we go to, you know, administration and they're like, we can't really do anything about it because if we drop this seminar teacher, who's going to teach a seminar class, you know? So it's kind of sad because it also affects um, the students' learning and grades and hence this is a class that you need to graduate so here are people struggling to make it to graduation just because there's a teacher shortage and they can't fire a teacher who's actually really bad for their um it's uh uh their students so i just wanted to add a little input on that um and like just to piggyback off of that um like, because, you know, there's not, like, teachers to fill in these vacancies, so students are getting behind, but you're still passing the class because they can't leave you behind. They can't, like, you know, keep you back a grade just because they failed on their part to, you know, bring a teacher in, right? And I saw this video on TikTok about um a girl. She goes to um uh, UConn right now, and um she's Hispanic, and, like, she comes from, like, very low income and, like, minority and underserved neighborhoods and stuff like that and so like when she got to college and when she got to college she was so behind from everyone else that that the teachers expected her to know all these things and it's like it's not even her fault it's I feel like it's just like the system and I feel like everything leads unfortunately it leads back to racism and slavery like and it's unfortunate to think that way am I like and in my opinion it's like what can we do to fix it like like literally what can we do like I don't know if I'm like being like kind of pessimistic or something because I feel like because it's gone on for so long like people don't even want to do anything about it because it's better to just like leave it there instead of just actually do something wow what are people's thoughts one of my questions is right along the lines of what Abby Sola was talking about with the person who was generally unprepared for college by what they learned. And I wanted to ask you guys if, if you feel prepared, did the learning that you were given, the education you were given, did it match up with what you needed and what you want to be? Um, I would definitely say, um, in my experience, it was really based on, um, the opportunities that I took advantage of whenever I was, you know, afforded those opportunities. So I know when I was in public school, 
um, we didn't have a lot of resources when it came to like connections with, um, you know, college level professors and um, different, you know, just different like, like college fairs and, you know, having connections with like college counselors and stuff like that. And even taking college level classes, um, we didn't have those resources. Uh, but I tried my best personally to find those resources, whether that be outside of school or through connections um, that, you know, the faculty at the school had with other institutions and other programs around the city. So I know, for example, when I was in um, when I was in high school, you know, um, we didn't have a, a football team at the private school that I attended, Crystal Ray Jesuit. Um, so I was able to get in contact with a mentor that I had at a um, at a, um, a a program that I was a part of called Next One Up that could you know link me in with another program, you know Mission Fit, where I could you know come and have a, a you know access to a gym and also a have access to people who are knowledgeable about the um the 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 next level you know as far as like athletics and things of that nature and just even more just mentors you know um and then you know being able to be a part of Mr. Fit actually helped me transfer to the last school that I attended um in high school which was Green Street Academy where I was able to play football and then you know at Green Street Academy um I was able to use my resources there coupled up with the resources that I had at Mission Fit to go and play football in college. So just being able to, you know, not look at the bad things that I, you know, the, the bad situation that I was in, not being able to play football at Green Street, I was still able to find resources outside of the school or at least through through the, through school faculty that led me into the position where I could still play college football. Um, that even works with, you know, academics as well. Um, I know in one of the schools that I attended, we didn't have any AP classes, but I still was able to take um, college level classes outside of the school, whereas those I could just, you know, go through a program or just, you know, a, a coach that I had, you know, that could help me um, sign up for these classes outside of school and still be able to take college level classes to prepare me for college, as well as SAT tutoring and ACT tutoring and things of that nature that helped me uh, be able to get all the scholarships and all of the acceptances that I got my senior year of uh, high school. Um, so I have two points to make. Like, I really do, like, admire Zion, like, how you took advantage of, you know, like, the things that were in front of you and also the things that weren't in front of you. Like, you went after what you knew that you wanted, right? But I feel like also, like... I feel like students, like generally, you shouldn't have to go through that much hoops just to, you know, find something, just to find something that you want to do. Like, I feel like it should already be at your school. It should already be like you should be able to like easily access it because a lot of people um, may not have like those resources to like, oh, OK, I have to find this person to do this, I have to go through this to do that. Like, I feel like it should already be um, available at your school. And then in terms of, like, if, you know, my school prepared me for, um, for like, what I want to do, um, at the moment, I am planning on majoring in um, business administration or, like, something in the business field. Um, and my school being a STEM school, I mean, I guess, like, right now I'm taking statistics, like, that's I'm pretty sure that's going to be helpful um but 
I I would have loved to like experience more extracurricular activities. Like my um not extracurricular activity, extracurricular activities, sorry, more um electives. Like my elective, um what my elective last year, I believe so, was AP seminar. Like because it was part of my um my uh track. Like I didn't really get to take an elective last year. And this year, even though I mean I like Spanish. But I would like more like not just academic focus electives, like just some an elective for fun. Like the only reason last year I took drama and that was just to fulfill like a fine art class. And that was like for me, one of the best classes I've taken in my whole like high school career, like because it was just not like, you know, academics, academics, academics. It was more of like using the creative side of your brain and it wasn't like so structured like we put on a play at the end of the school year. It was just like nice to, you know, do something different instead of like it always being focused on, you know, one plus one. Well, not one plus one. That's kind of crazy. Y equal MX plus B. And then like writing essays and stuff like that. So um, I would just like a more variety of classes, like for students to be well-rounded and see what they like to do instead of just having these standards and structured classes. Those are great points. I want to I want to go back to the conversation about resources that, that Zion and Abby just mentioned and then continue the conversation about STEM and electives. And Zion and Abby Sola both, I mean you're both super driven people. Zion, you in a lot of your the the instances you mentioned went out and got the resources you needed. Abby Sola mentioned that schools should be doing that. And my question is, should schools be internally providing the all the resources that their students need? And is it fair to criticize schools for not making those connections or just having them in-house already. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would definitely agree that there should be better resources um, in schools. And I definitely agree that it, that is the school's, um, the school's job to provide those resources and provide that variety to students so they can ensure the, um, you know, just the, the development of the students, um, academically, socially, et cetera. Um, my only thing is, right, um, I think that we can all agree on that. The, 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 the place that we need to start is where do, where first of all, where does these resources come from and how can we ensure these resources are, adequate, are adequately um, dispersed, you know, throughout the, the education system as far as schools. So I think that the core problem that we have is the whole formate is the, the root of the education system in, in general. I don't think that the education system as its root has been developed to ensure the uh I'm trying to think where to describe it, ensure the happiness of a student. Um and I definitely don't think that it that it has been developed to ensure the uh overall development of a student as far as like being able to excel in whatever they have a passion in, 
right? So if you look at our education system, we are very focused on what does our society need at the particular time? And we're going to try our best to push students in that direction instead of giving them resources to um, help develop them and whatever passion that they want. So I know for me, you know, well, well, if you look at our society right now, we're going into the direction of like technology a lot, um, a lot of like development of software and, um, you know, uh, what is it called? Um, some intelligence. It's like robots and, you know, things of that nature. Artificial. Artificial intelligence and stuff like that. So I know, you know, um, when I was in, when I was in school, they put me in a lot of like different uh, classes and, you know, courses in which would help me do programming and um, just like uh, technological uh, analysis and, you know, things of that nature, things that I, things that I was not, you know, passionate about, nor did I want to do in my future, but that's where the money is, you know? So I kind of, you know, was taken back by that because a lot of the resources were getting put into that and not into um, community activism, which I am passionate about, and not into mentorship, which I am passionate about, you know, things of that nature. So um, I think that we have to fix the root of what the education system has even been created for in order for us to develop these resources that we have. Do we have the resources? I believe that we have the resources. I just don't think that, I just don't think that our schools are able to get those resources because the resources would not help the agenda that the country wants us to, you know, have, in my opinion, you know. Um, it doesn't really help the government and it definitely doesn't help the higher ups. Because if everybody had the resources in the world to be developed and to be successful in whatever passion that they want to be in, then a lot of people wouldn't. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't be the richest people in the world. Um, a lot of people wouldn't be able to boss around other people. You know, the high the hierarchy would be all scrambled if that makes sense. So you know, that's that. Venturing into conspiracy theories, I love it. Facts. Abby Sola, what's up? Can I say something? Yeah. Um, I agree with you with saying Zion, but I have to disagree with you on a, on a few parts with that. Um, I feel like we shouldn't criticize these schools because at the end of the day, it starts at home first. Um, you know, we gotta look at these parents first, how they're raising these kids and stuff like that. They should make sure their kids have these resources, you know what I'm saying, first before we blame a school. Um, schools out there is just there to do their part and part of our education. Anything extra than that, that's just a plus. So I think we should all should look at that too. And, um, you know, a lot of these schools don't have these resources because where they're from and the community from. So, you know, we can't really blame that. We can blame our communities for that, you know. So it's, it's always going to be a, a point to who fault it is and who part it is. But, you know, we all just got to do it together. So I just want to get my input on that. Go ahead, Abby Sola. Did you want to add? So um, I said I agreed with um, both Zion and Everett on what, like, y'all said. But at the same time, like, what Everett said about, like, it being on the parents' responsibility to, you know, search for those um, opportunities and stuff like that for their kids. No, 
well let me not say it like that <laughs> I feel like it's on the school because the school is there to educate the kids and I feel like it's not on the parents because the parents already been through that cycle of you know not having a great education depending on where you live because I feel like wherever like the system is just there to keep people down and um I feel like most definitely like the school is not going to have like every single opportunity available to them at the thing at the fingertips right but I feel like there should be like a lot of you know a lot of electives a lot of it should be like a well-rounded education a lot of art um a lot of arts a lot of um you know stem for people who want to do it. a lot of english a lot of i don't know um humanities and stuff like that um it should just have like a variety of things that students themselves can pick from instead of being caged in a box and saying like okay you have to follow this specific track throughout your whole high school stuff because that's not how life is like you're not just going to be like oh this is a track I'm going to do and that's it like and even like in like that's just not what it is so yeah does anyone want to respond to that no I definitely want I definitely want to agree with her um I just feel like you know like I said I think the resources are out here you know but it's, it's just kind of hard to um take advantage of those resources if those resources are not promoted um, the way in which we need them to be promoted. Um, and then you got to also think about the fact that, you know, even in my case, a lot of the resources that I was able to take advantage of was because I was um, around, I was fortunate to be around people who had already went to college, who had already been plugged in with different programs around the city and had already experienced what I experienced. Um, a lot of people are not, um, fortunate, uh, uh, fortunate enough, and a lot of people are not lucky enough to be in those positions, to be around those type of people. Um, so, you know, you got to think about it like this. If you're not around those type of people, where are you going to be able to see or find or take advantage of these opportunities that, you know, um, are out there um, that are kind of like um, hidden in, in a way? Um, you can't, you know, you, for a lot of people out here, they think that, that that resources are not out here. They think that these opportunities are not out here because they are not, you know, they are not be able to see, like they're, they're not, they're not out there to be looked at, you know, they're not at the forefront of our education system. They're not at the forefront of what is promoted, you know, so that's a big issue that we have. We need more promotion of opportunities and resources. Right. And if you're a 15-year-old in high school, is it your responsibility to go find the resources? That seems like an unrealistic expectation of a young person is to seek out the exact resources that they need. Abby, did you have more? Um. Yeah. And I feel like, like, even what you said, like, is it on a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old, 13-year-old to go and seek out the opportunities? And I feel like that's what a lot of people who have, like, this, like, warped mindset of people who are, come from underserved communities, like, oh, my gosh, they could have done X, Y, Z. They could, they could have, you know, seeked out all these opportunities. But, like, the thing is, like, the system is literally working against them, like, every single day that even if they wanted to, 
they couldn't like for me I think um like in ninth grade we didn't have like any um like the Chromebooks that we had or whatever it was like shared you know so like we couldn't even like take like laptops home or whatever like that and like the first time I got a laptop was just because of COVID because they wanted to do like async or whatever at home and it's just like it just goes to show like you see how quickly they passed out computers or whatever it goes to show they have the money they have the stuff it's just that like zion said it's just being allocated in other places or well i don't really know like where it's being allocated what, what is going to i just feel like laws and bills have to be passed in order like to see like effective change and like people have to actually like stick by those laws that they pass or whatever like solution that they trying to do to fix this so i think you're so right so can i add something go ahead um i was gonna say that um okay well you know what if somebody all right so for example, what if somebody is given all these resources and like they, they have every resource in the world that they need, but if they're not using it to the point where they're on their own now, where they're not having a mentor, like probably Zion said, until you get to the point where they're not having one, like are they really using it? It wasn't using it useful. Like I feel like anybody have a resource, but if you're not really using it to your advantage or applying it to your daily life, then it's not really useful. But you know, even though, even life, like, you still have to figure stuff out through life. Like, are you really ready for anything, if you really think about it? And um, I was going to say after that, like, you know, you're not really prepared for anything. So you just got to take your chances, take your risks with it, and, you know, um, hope for the best. Like, I know, like, for me, I can actually relate to Zion. Like, unfortunately, like, I came from a, a great elementary middle school. Um, I had a mentor, you know, field program. Then I had, you know, community programs that came in. One was Mission Fit, you know, came in and talked to a bunch of few kids in the gym, like the dad, see what that was about, slept there for a few years, you know, and then built a resume from there. But I was already in, like, programs like Unlimited Potential, where we do, like, raffle giveaways and making T-shirts, stand-ups like that, and doing stuff with Morgan, like, different universities, stuff like that. So, like, for me, that was, like, I was already in that stand, but, like, I actually still reached out and still got a resource. Like I could have just sat there and just been comfortable with the mentor, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't, I really stuck out there and kept doing what I was doing. But, you know, I feel like it all just depends on how you use it. Really. Yeah. And you bring up a great point. Like whatever, like even if students do have the resource, even if a person has the opportunity, it's up to them to actually like, go out and like take that opportunity but the thing is like i i want the students to have that choice for themselves to say oh if i want to go after this i can do that because i have the opportunity to do that like or basis versus it being like oh well i'd love to do this but i don't have that opportunity to do that so um yeah the word choice comes to mind when i'm thinking about this conversation everett you're saying what if a young person has all these resources, but they don't use it? And I think to Abby's point, then they chose not to use it because they had the opportunity, but they chose not to use it. But do we all deserve that choice of here are all the resources, here's all the food on your plate. It's your choice whether you eat it or not, your choice whether you use those resources. 
and to go to back to Abby Sola's point of, you know, why can't people without all these resources just figure it out? Is that what you said, Abby Sola? Yeah, I feel like what I said was that people who don't understand like where these people are coming from, they like they're in their mind, it's like, okay, well, they can like this person did it. Why can't they do it? Like, you know, like that's not the situation for everybody. Like that person is a one in a million, literally. That's exactly right. And so that mentality, if I was going to give it a label, is the uh, the bootstraps mentality. And I don't know if that language transfers over, but it's why can't you just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and succeed, right? Because guess what? This guy did it. So why can't you? And that takes me back to a point that Abby made a while ago. Zion was talking about addressing root causes. And Abby Sola brought up systemic racism, slavery. Is that where this comes from? What do you guys think? Um. Okay, I feel like it does come from this. I'm not, I personally am not like too knowledgeable about the history of like edu- the education system in America. So like take my words with a grain of salt. Um, so, but I feel like it does stem from this. And even if like, for example, my parents are immigrants. So like they're, and they're black. Um, so like coming to America, like, oh, we came here for, you know, new life, whatever, whatever. But then you just come here faced with racism, faced with all these like things put against you just because of your skin color. And like you're put in, um, I guess boxes, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I'm answering that question right, but um, I do feel like it has to do with racism. I feel like everything has to do with racism, unfortunately. So, and I don't know if as a society we're ever going to get past that. Hopefully we do. Um, but yeah, yeah, because it took like so long for like America to get to where it is now, and it's still not obviously the best it can be. So. Yeah, I think you answered the question beautifully. And so whether it is or isn't based in in racism, what's the, what would you like to add to your experience or to the experience? Maybe this is one area that I didn't, we didn't cover is talking about Absolutely, use the word electives. What, what would you like to add, so that the education matches what you want it to look like? I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm still gonna answer. Get it, get it, get it. <laughs> um, I feel like, well, yeah, we talked about like you know having a well-rounded education stuff like that. Um, and also like just better school lunches because the school lunches are terrible. And like, I feel like the food that you eat and ingest while in school, that does take a toll on like how you learn and stuff like that. And then also like the quality of the school building. Like, why am I sitting next? Like, why is Mickey Mouse on the floor here learning with me? Like, be for real. And then also like, um, and also like the safety of the schools. Like right now, um, 
I know, like, at least for, like, Baltimore City, I believe so, like, every school has the metal detectors and stuff like that. Like, how, like, what, how, like, how does that, like, psychologically impact a student when they walk into the door? Like, the first thing you see is a metal detector. Like, that's something that we have changed. Like, and that goes with, like, you know, gun control, violence, stuff like that. So, yeah. Such a great point. What is, and I'm going to ask that question to you, to all of you, what is the message that you receive when you walk into school and there's a metal detector or when you walk into school and you can't drink the water or you go to lunch and universally every school student in Baltimore that I've talked to refuses to eat the lunches. I really wanted to cover that. Like what, what does that say to you? It's sad. Um, Not gonna lie. Um, to touch on the lunches, I wouldn't say they're all bad. They're either undercooked or overcooked, or the portions are like you shouldn't. Not even a two-year-old would could finish that and be full. Like not even like a two-year-old, let alone. A fifth, 14, 15, 16, 17, sometimes 18 year old kid. So that's just a problem with itself. Um, I was gonna say, uh, um, getting a little more with the metal detectors. Well, you know, we also gotta, you know, hold ourselves accountable. You know, we got kids bringing guns to school, stuff like that. So when I say, you know, not saying me, but another person might see from their point of view, or I say, Okay, I feel safe. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we gotta start holding each other a little accountable here. You know, um, even with the school lunches, you know, people not eating it because they don't want to eat it. You know, a lot of people not fortunate to even go home to eat, so a lot of people come to school to eat. So we gotta think about people like that too. So there's a lot of people in different situations. So it's like we gotta look from both perspectives. So yeah, that's my opinion on that. I I like to touch on the the metal the, the metal detectors situation. Um, I think that is very unfortunate that we have to walk into our schools and have metal metal detectors around us. But I definitely understand the precautions that you know that need to be taken um, to ensure the safety of the students as well as the faculty. Um, I think that in order for us to um, first of all get rid of those you know those much needed precautions, um, we need to get to the root of the issue. And I don't think that the issue is the metal detectors. Um, I don't I don't really see it as really much of a big problem to me. I think that we focus on the metal detectors and things of that nature more than we actually focus on why we need the metal detectors. Um, so in order for us to, you know, if, if we're going to look at the metal detectors and, you know, all of the precautions that are taken into the school that, you know, may potentially... Well, not I ain't, I ain't I'm not even gonna say may, but that actually you know actively um, affect the, the the mindset of the, the students on a daily basis. We also have to think about why we need those those metal detectors and things of that nature, and what makes students come to schools with uh, guns and weapons and things of that nature. Why do they feel the need to bring those weapons, and you know? To, to either protect themselves or to do harm or other students and faculty. Um, but then, you know, when it comes to like school lunches and stuff like that, you know, I think that there could be a lot of things changed with the school lunches and, 
you know, what, what schools provide to students um, on a daily basis. Um, I even, I can definitely say that, you know, when you look at like school lunches and when you look at lunches and dinners that are served to like juvenile, um, juvenile jail uh, inmates, as well as, you know, prison inmates, they are very similar. Um, and I think that's a huge issue. Um, I think that the country, <laughs> the country that we live in is very cheap when it comes to school lunches and things of that nature. Um, they're just trying to, you know, put something on your plate, put something in front of you to eat and get you up out of there. And they're not really focused on the nutrition of the meals and not focused on the source of, you know, where the, where the meals are coming from and how can, how it, how can it affect the health of the students, which is a huge issue. Um, but I definitely agree with Everett when it comes to the point where like, even though the lunches are bad and even though some of the things that the schools offer are not the best quality, um, they're still offered, you know? Um, it's definitely a luxury that you can go to school and be, you know, ensured that you're going to have a meal every day. Um, that's something that a lot of people who are homeless and, you know, starving on the streets every day do not have the, the ability to say. So, you know, we got to be grateful in, in, in the aspect. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Um, and I do like that. Like, it made me think of, like, you know, different side of, of like, this whole conversation. Like, you know, even though the school lunches, you know, aren't that great, we still, like, a lot of people still don't get, you know, lunches or whatever. They don't have, like, some sort of food at home. So they come to school in order to, you know, fill themselves up and stuff like that. But I feel like also we can't be, um, how do I say this? Like, we shouldn't just settle to be like, okay, just because, like, you know, just because we don't get, um, like, just because someone doesn't get that lunch at home or whatever food at home, that doesn't mean they should, like, get, like, the worst thing. Like, they should just be grateful for, like, what they're getting because they're just grateful to have it at all. Like, I feel like that should not be the case. Um, and, um, as for, like, the metal detector and stuff like that, Zion, you make it up a great point, and Everett, like, we should most definitely get to the root cause of this problem, because it's crazy that, like, you know, that kids have access to guns, like, it's just, it just blows my mind, it blows my mind, and also, like, again, everything leads back to mental health, like, how are the kids doing, like, what, resources and things can be put in place in order for kids to you know um talk to someone or stuff like that like up until like maybe like a few weeks ago I didn't even know we had a school therapist like I mean but I bet she's swamped though because it's only one person for what like 1600 students make how does that make sense but but whatever it is what it is um it sucks but unfortunately that's the public school system, so. Yeah. Abby, so I could not agree more with you. Back to the food. Just because someone has nothing at home doesn't mean they deserve crap and should be okay with crap when they come to school, right? And I think the conversation about the root cause of gun possession in schools is probably a topic for another conversation. 
And since we've been on here a while, I'm going to look to, to wrap up. I want to ask you if you could leave a piece of wisdom for someone about to enter high school, maybe yourself five or 10 years ago, maybe a younger sibling, if you could give them advice or connect them with something, what would you, what would you tell them? Uh, I'm going to start off. Um, I would tell them, well, yeah, I would tell my youngest self a few years ago and somebody new that's entering high school. Now, um, just be yourself. Always ask questions. Never be afraid to ask questions. Um, um, you know, just uh, just keep the right energy, the right people around you, you know, and and always help people in, in the ways you can, but always help yourself first. And, you know, just stay blessed and and just, you know, just when stuff get hard, you know, just don't quit. Don't give up. And, you know, just, you know, do your thing. And I want to get my gratitude before I leave my exit off here. Um, thank y'all for joining in and appreciate y'all for um, coming in, tuning in for the next recording. Uh, I hope that, you know, y'all enjoy the, the listening, the recording. And, and we appreciate y'all for being here and hope to see y'all next time to record. Um, for me, for my younger self, I tell myself like not to procrastinate because procrastination can bite your bite you in the butt like real quick. Um, I'd also say to like speak up because no one is a mind reader. Like, don't expect people to you know read your mind or like think they you know think they um can what don't expect people to read your mind. Like, so yeah, um. Yeah, like don't eat the school lunch. Yeah, like ever. Um, because like there's like cockroaches and mice in that kitchen. So like which is disgusting. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> For my younger self, I would probably say you're smarter than you think. Um, because I probably needed that. Um for somebody coming in. I would tell them to keep pushing. It may not get better in the next four years, but it will get better after. It'll all be worth it. I love that line to yourself. I really appreciate it. And since I forgot to ask this, and I have to ask this because I work at a gym, what was the physical education experience like when you were in high school? Oh, can I start? Yeah. Um, for me, I did um, what I did PE my ninth grade year, like, but just for a semester, and then we did like health education. Um, but then it was like cut short because in March we had COVID, so like we didn't do anything after that. So yeah. Um, but I liked PE. I would, I would have liked for it to be like something that a student can have the opportunity to participate in every year. Like, the, I feel like for my school, so if, if it's not STEM, they'll like literally just do the bare minimum. So like whatever you need to graduate, they'll just put it there and they're like, that's it. Um, so I feel like the like physical education should be something that's available to every student for like how long they wanna do it and they can incorporate it into their 
you know, classes into their um, schedule without, you know, losing out on other things because, you know, being healthy and being fit and, you know, feeling your best self is very important. And like considering the fact that, you know, the school lunches are terrible, even so, yeah. I say um, one thing that I would tell my younger self is um, don't get too comfortable in the position that you're in um, in, in the present. I know, I know when I was younger, um, when things got really, really good for me, I got, I got pretty comfortable at, at particular moments and that kind of caused me to lose out on a lot of, uh, a lot of like different, um, opportunities to develop and also lose out on a lot of opportunities, um, to, you know, um, go further and, you know, the, the further towards accomplishing the goal that I wanted to accomplish when I got older. Um, and I can definitely say I do that now, like get too comfortable when I'm in good positions. But, you know, they're, they're all learning experiences. So I don't, you know, I don't regret them necessarily. I just feel like if I was, if I were to be able to have someone around me when I was younger to tell me like, hey, just because things are good right now doesn't mean they're always going to be good. Um, I wouldn't be, you know, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had to lose out on so many things that I've lost out in my life. Um, another thing I would tell myself is to be, you know, just be kind to yourself. Um, be nice to yourself. Give yourself a break from, you know, from time to time. Uh, when I was younger, I, I was very hard on myself. Very, like, you know, straight to the point. Very blunt with myself. And that kind of hurt me more than it developed me. Um, tough love is a real thing, but... It could be very toxic at moments. So I would definitely say just be nice to yourself sometimes. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. It's okay to cry and be vulnerable. Um, so that's that. And yeah, I would just end off with that. Thank you. It's a a fine line between complacency and self-acceptance, for sure. And with that, does anyone have anything else they want to share? And if not, We'll just move to gratitudes and sign off. And I'll just start. I'm already talking. I'm so grateful for y'all's openness and honesty and making time to dig in here. This was an amazing conversation. Go ahead, Abby. Um, I'm grateful for this conversation. I feel like it very much opened my eyes to like a lot of things that I most, most definitely did not like consider when talking about you know um the education system and i'm also grateful for my family beautiful thelma zion yeah i would say um i'm just grateful for the opportunity to have this discussion um it definitely strengthened my mind and, and strengthened my uh my understanding of the, the of the school system as well as like different, you know, outlooks on the school system. So I appreciate that. Dama. Um I'm grateful for um a break, spring break, but also I'm grateful for this conversation. I felt like it was very needed. It was vital. And I enjoyed my time here. I agree. Very apropos break from school to give you the mental health to have the time 
to have a conversation about schools. And with that, thank you, everyone. Appreciate you.